You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hola, Ben. What's up, Fernando and Travis Irvine? Hola, Ben. Good to see both of you guys. We have a great episode for you all today. We'll let you know how Joe's doing. Joe Mm. Biden, you know he's the president? (laughs) Oh. He is. Really? (laughs) Yes. And we're going to talk about it. Because <laughs> apparently some people in this country, like a lot of them, you mm-hmm. know what letter they give them for a grade? An uh. F. And my mom used to always say, C's get degrees, <laughs> but F's, Ooh. you're just going to flunk out. So that's not good. We'll discuss a bit of that and a whole smattering of other things that matter politically. But first, as we talked about on the episode last week, the Supreme Court, mm. ooh, they had a big decision to make when it comes to Biden's vaccine mandate, when it comes to corporations mandating that their employers get the vaccine in a six to three decision. The Supreme Court has said no can do when it comes to the employer mandate. However, in a five to four decision, they have voted that health care employees can be subject to the mandate. So what do you guys think? Uh, Was this a surprise? I think, again, this is a blow to the Biden administration. This is key to their Mm -hmm. handling of COVID. But as I talked about on the last episode, I am fine with the six to three decision. But what do you guys think? I'm my opinion has not changed. I still feel that uh, it, if this is going to be applied to some citizens, it should be applied to all citizens. I don't like that the Supreme Court is siding with, uh, you know, people in the healthcare industry. I understand. Yes, they are at bigger risk. But again, I think this is more of a financial or of a class thing rather than mm. a health thing right well and yeah like you said not really much of a surprise i mean six to three that's the conservative leaning of the court six conservative justices compared to the three liberal justices but even the swing justices that we've noted uh, such as chief justice john roberts obviously he was the one who saved obamacare uh, a few years ago which was a surprise for a lot of conservatives and that five to four decision this is more of i think what we would expect you got gorsuch who is very pro corporation Kavanaugh is very pro uh, corporation and i think that's what it does kind of come down to beyond the uh, the aspects of individual liberty and freedom 
you can't just have every corporation or every company with more than 100 employees in the United States mandating to their employees to get vaccinated. And so I think this decision, like you, Ben, I think it just kind of it makes sense. And I think we all kind of saw it. I'm not coming. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised with the liberal justices in the court right now or on the court. Perhaps politics got in the way uh, when it comes to individual freedoms. Again, those are always on the uh, the forefront of our minds here on Abe Lincoln's top hat. Starbucks is scrapping its covid-19 vaccine requirement for its U.S. workers. Uh, This is according to Chief Operating Officer John Culver. He says, we respect the court's ruling and will comply. So Starbucks has 220,000 U.S. employees and other corporations will be following suit without a doubt. But Fernando, you also bring up a point that is obviously 100 percent valid at the same token. No one should be rushed back to work. Mm -hmm. No one should be forced back Mm -hmm. to work. Now, this doesn't force people back to work. As a matter of fact, I think this will help people who don't want to get vaccinated or who feel uncomfortable with the mandate when it comes to vaccinations to get back to work. But we do have to be careful that we don't um, put people's lives at risk, Mm -hmm. people's lives that perhaps these are the people who, again, can't say no to an employer who uh, you know? Who are really on the front lines of the uh, economic situation, economic disparity uh, that occurs in this country as we see a consistent shrinking of the middle class. So I understand that perspective, mm. but just from a Fourth Amendment, just from a privacy perspective, I don't like these corporations mm-hmm. having the ability mm-hmm. to tell people what to put in their body only again, once again, because now we're seeing with the boosters, there's some, some science is like, it doesn't fix Omicron, but then everyone's like, get the booster. And again, when we follow the money, mm. I think the money is a lot mm-hmm. of things for a lot of people. Of course, we are very pro vaccination on this show because I've been vaccinated since I was a child. And we see when people stop vaccinations, polio comes back. Right. Oh, so it makes fun. sense. But again, do we want Starbucks? Do we want Apple? Do we want these corporations to have such a significant say in their employees' lives? And I would just caution against it because, again, you're no more than a rounding error to them. And if you call in sick or if you quit on Friday, they'll replace your ass on Monday. Exactly. So right. that's that's where my concerns lie. But again, we also don't want to rush people. Back to work Mm -hmm. who uh, may have, you know, conditions that uh, if they do get infected with COVID, it could lead to a dire situation. So we want to balance those. But I think that's why the court went with the 5-4 decision to kind of force or allow a mandate for healthcare workers to Mm. maintain. Because theoretically, of course, those people, they're on the front lines and they're around a lot of people screaming and coughing. (laughs) Yeah. Because they found out that once you get COVID, a vaccine does you no good (laughs) and you might end up dead. Okay. And just to kind of put a button on the Supreme Court, when it comes to the justices, the conservative justices that joined the liberals when it comes to voting for the health care worker mandate, that was Chief Justice John Roberts and Chief Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So as we talked about again on last episode, John Roberts, very pragmatic and oftentimes Mm -hmm. or sometimes rather does vote 
with the liberal justices, and apparently Kavanaugh has that ability as well. So the question is, when it comes to Biden, as we mentioned, this was a cornerstone for his COVID plan, Mm -hmm. for his handling of the coronavirus. His approval ratings are in the low 30s right now. Many Americans give him an F for how he's handling the economy, the country as Mm -hmm. a whole. We have rising tensions now with uh, Putin. Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So, Travis, what do you think this means for uh, for Biden going forward? Someone who consistently says he's running again in 2024. And as a matter of fact, this week came out and said, don't worry, Kamala is my running mate for 2024. Uh, and everyone's like, I don't. I don't <laughs> no, there's a no, lot of time left. No. And I'm not sure if you'll be running. But anyway, Travis, what do you think? Well, I mean, even NPR was quick to point out that that Supreme Court decision just was piling, piling it on Joe Biden even more. I mean, we've been dealing with the the voting rights struggle. He's been dealing with, you know, the the two senators, the Democratic senators who are mavericks. They're wild cards. They're crazy. Uh, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, Joe mm-hmm. Manchin from West Virginia, obviously. So he's been dealing with all of that. And then, yes, in addition to that, even the Supreme Court kind of came around and said, uh, no, Joe, you can't do that. And right. so, of course, it, as the optics continue to roll out, uh, it continues to just get worse and worse for Joe Biden going forward. Do you think he expected to be doing this poorly this oh. far along? Because we're a year in. Mm-hmm. You get a little time for transition. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you should be pretty well established. And my understanding is the VP office is hemorrhaging people. <sighs> And then when it comes to the Biden administration, we now know that Jen Psaki is going to be stepping down. Right. She has dealt with the press almost mm-hmm. every – well, I don't know how often she she blabs with the press. But nonetheless, <laughs> another exit from the Biden administration. Does that show that it's not stable? I mean, what does this show for the American people when it comes to Joe heading into the midterms? The man mm-hmm. can't get one damn victory. <sighs> And even these like easy things when it comes to messaging, he just doesn't seem to be, you know, hitting it out of the park. He's barely I mean, I don't think he's getting on base. You you nailed it on the head for me. Messaging. That's really what that's how, you know, that's what happened in 2016. That was all of the Trump presidency. It was about messaging. And that's what Joe thought he had down because he right. won the election but it's mm-hmm. obvious that he what we're seeing now and this is obviously my personal opinion is what we're seeing is that he, people voted him in just because he wasn't Trump and yes. now that he is Biden you're like dude we it's not because we want you you just weren't Trump you know and that's kind right. of what i feel well his approval yeah. ratings have uh this is among independents and as we know in this country as an independent podcast in many ways it's the highest most pe- more people affiliate as independents than Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's still a group of people that are often forgot about in the political debate, but they are exceptionally important when wanting to win the presidency. 33% of independents say they approve of Joe Biden, while 61% oh, wow. said that they don't. Now, Biden's response is... He doesn't believe the polls. <laughs> to some degree, I understand that. You can't lead from behind. You can't lead by polling data. I don't think that, that reflects the best. I don't think that creates the best policy because sometimes um, the polls, sometimes people are wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. However, if every poll 
seems to say the same thing. <laughs> exactly. And then we're seeing it in front of our very <laughs> eyes. At what point does Joe have to start taking this stuff seriously? Right. Well, look, someone made an excellent point. Again, I believe it was NPR, but this is kind of the point of any presidential administration where your first year has happened and you need to start pivoting, right? And we talk about messaging. Now is the time to start pivoting to say, okay, you had your pie in the sky ideas. You came in guns blazing. You got to start talking about your victories from the last year. They did have uh, one more big, massive uh, COVID bill that went out that uh, helped out a lot of folks put extra funding out there. Then they had the infrastructure bill. That's a bipartisan victory. That money is going to start going to states and things like that. Yeah. And if anything, if the Democrats were smart, which Unfortunately, as we know, they know how to lose elections better than anyone. They're so good at it. <laughs> They're just so good at it. Um, but this would be the time to start pivoting and say, hey, remember all those pie in the sky ideas we talked about that everyone got very excited for? And that's why you voted for us overwhelmingly in 2020, even though half of the country still doesn't seem to believe it. Now is the time to start pushing the midterms and say, this is why we need to keep the House. This is why we need to win back the Senate. And they need to start pivoting in that way. So you got to yeah. hope they got to turn that frown upside down, because really, a lot of the reasons that the stuff isn't getting done is because you have obstructionist Republicans in the Senate and, dare I say, even in the Supreme Court. I don't know if it is obstructionist Republicans. Though. Oh. You also have some obstructionist Democrats. And then also you have some. Exactly. But. But not only that, it feels like with the messaging, it feels like the truth is coming out about Joe now. For example, like you know, in what sense? They had said, uh, you know, uh, record level job growth. And then it turns out those numbers were wrong. You, things like that. A lot of the, the a lot of the agendas that were pushed by Joe in the very beginning, they're, they're not falling through and they're turning out to be fake. And then the messaging, like uh, like Travis said, the promises that were made, none of it is coming true. So right. I think we're seeing that, uh, you know, the sophomore slump. I think we're, we're seeing mm -hmm. it firsthand with someone we truly believed was going to change the game. Right. Well, keep in mind, this is what happened to Obama's first term as well. Right. And they pushed through big ideas like Obamacare. I believe they had a whole green energy plan that ended up falling apart. Um, but, you know, this is what led to the the Tea Party takeover in the 2010 midterms. Right. And so you got to wonder, I mean, Joe Biden was vice president then. Has he learned anything <laughs> right. in the last 10 years? The Tea Party movement, the teabagged nation. So according to a, <laughs> uh, a recent Gallup poll as well, 40% approval for Joe Biden. But of course, the main number in this world of American politics that we currently live in, disapproval is 56%. And I think that we've established on this show that disapproval ratings seem to infer a potential success or lack thereof of a candidate better than approval ratings because it seems as if one of Roger Stone's rule sadly holds true that people often vote based upon hate as opposed mm -hmm. to love or dislike as opposed to like. So if you're Biden, it's time to start getting serious. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the American people think that he is uh, yeah you know he's yeah. been he's trying to give a couple of more speeches but let's be honest occasionally there's a snippet in there i thought that his speech on january 6th was good i really did yes but yeah, then the other did. ones are like i don't know <laughs> what the hell is happening you know he's, he's he takes you down certain roads mm -hmm. and you just feel like you're 
going on a picnic with Albert Fish, and you're like, where are we ending up here? He's not the orator. At what point do I die? He's not the orator that Trump is, and that's a big thing too in the in the clickbait in the Instagram fueled world we have. You know, Trump goes on there, and he he, he sounds like he's coherent. He may not be, but he sounds like he's coherent. His sentences make sense. When when Joe starts talking, you're like, Grandpa, what's going on? Like you just said. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. And we'll play a clip from uh, Donald Trump here in a second talking about uh, vaccinations and talking about, I guess, what is it, race-based, race, racially-based, uh, <laughs> what are we talking, vaccine treatment? treatment? Yeah. Vaccine treatment? Yeah. It's interesting, though, because Joe Biden has recently also just apologized to black voters <laughs> saying that everything that's happening is a problem of, quote, my own making. So President Mm. Biden attributed frustration among some black voters who perceive his lack of urgency on voter rights legislation as his own fault. Uh, This is what Biden said. He says, I have not been out in the community nearly enough. I've been here an awful lot. I find myself where I don't have a chance to look people in the eye because of both COVID and things that are happening in Washington to be able to go out and do the things that have always been, been able to do pretty well, connect with people. Let them take a measure of sincerity. Let them take a measure of who I am. But however, Mm. he is just not out there talking with people. So he goes on to say, but I think that's the problem. That's a problem my own making by not communicating as much as I should have. He goes on, yet you find when you deal with members of the Black Caucus and the other things and others in the United States Congress, I still have a very close working relationship. So it's like every community. I'm sure there are those I'm sure there are those in the community saying, why haven't you done A, B, C or D? So it's just going to take a little bit of time. So Hmm. Joe Biden admits that the um, black constituents of the Democratic Party or his base are not happy with him. And now on the flip side, we have Donald Trump who was really going as if he couldn't go more all in <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, racial politics. Mm-hmm. And of course he's discussing uh, the plight of the white man uh, or his perception of the plight of the white man, if he even believes that, or if this is just another you know, strange rally cry <laughs> for old Donnie there, but Donald Trump talking about the vaccine mandates. Uh, this is what he had to say regarding white people being put in the back of the line And then we'll talk about this. So the question is, if Biden loses black support, Trump is going to continue to try to ramp up that white support. Mm -hmm. What the hell does that look like when it comes down to the vote? Because I can't imagine that Biden has really 
uh, energized his base very well. He, we're sleepy. I listen to his speeches and I get tired. I want to take a nap. <laughs> well, right. Isn't that kind of nice? Well, and it's too bad because keep in mind, it was James Clyburn, South Carolina. That was the primary that turned it around for Joe. He had Barack Obama making phone calls. So the fact that he's lost, um, you know, that community support, I mean, it's, it's a bigger deal than I think he realizes. But fortunately, I think from those comments, maybe he does finally realize it. Maybe he's finally waking up to his own coffee. But then what's that going to do? It's going to put people back to sleep. And some decaf coffee right there. (laughs) Anyway, so we have Biden losing the black vote as Donald Trump attempts to uh, secure uh, a certain specific members of the white race (laughs) that will support him. I mean, if you if you're not racist, you as a black person, you also don't don't like race preferential treatment either. You know, so I, I see he's trying to he's reaching. Mr. Trump is reaching. But I yeah. think it's 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 landing. It's landing, at least in some places. Well, and, and keep in mind from this rally, which he did in Arizona this past weekend, behind him are several African-American people wearing shirts that say the, the blacks for Trump 2020. So he's you know, he knows that he knows that they're behind him and he knows he's going out saying these things. So he, it is that very specific type of race baiting by Donald Trump. It is. Let's play this sound of Donald Trump. This is a, a, a rally in Arizona. And once again, if uh, there is any doubt that he is he is running in 2024, if he is alive and breathing mm-hmm. and he and Ron DeSantis, ooh, they're going to that'll be fun. They're going to fight it out. Duke it out of Mar-a-Lago golf course. Oh, yeah, they're going to duke it out. All right. Let's play this clip of Donald Trump in Arizona talking about COVID, the COVID-19 treatment. The quote is, if you're white, you go right to the back of the line. Will this rhetoric help those in 2022? And, of course, Donald in 2024. The left is now rationing life-saving therapeutics based on race, discriminating against and denigrating, just denigrating white people to determine who lives and who dies. If you're white, you don't get the vaccine. Or if you're white, you don't get therapeutics. It's unbelievable to think this. All right, pause it right there. What's interesting is... Keep in mm-hmm. mind, you notice the audience's reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they don't like the vaccine. Right. They don't. So this is where this is like it's almost like a muted response, because then if you are a Trumper, you're like, good. Yes. Let's get to the back of the line. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but then on the flip side of this as well, if you are a person of color who has been historically tested upon earlier Mm-hmm. You know, I this is like oh, a weird thing. I hadn't even thought so about that. It's so you're Trump and you're trying to again tout the vaccine, but you can't because your audience hates it. Like this is DeSantis's is Ron DeSantis's campaign against Trump to outflank Trump will be that Trump supported the mask mandate mm-hmm. and vaccines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's gonna mm-hmm. get that's gonna be a big winner for DeSantis within again that constituent base. Within the Republican Party, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. But now you have Trump trying to get, you know, white anger and harness white rage by saying you got to go to the back of the line for a COVID vaccine. But the whites he's talking to (laughs) don't care about the COVID vaccine. And as a matter of fact, 
actively believe it's poison. Yes. Right. And killing people. And as the good liars pointed out, because they were there talking to people out in the streets, these people also believe that Nazis live on Mars. We'll get to that clip in a second. <laughs> and sometimes they're onto something. Oh. <laughs> so let's continue on with Trump as he attempts to do this bizarre political dance again, as Biden talked about the political issues that are of his own creation. This is also a political issue of Donnie's own creation as well. And nobody wants this. Black people don't want it. White people don't want it. Nobody wants it. It's not even believable. You saw this a week ago where it came out. Nobody can even believe it. They don't even talk about it and they don't want to talk about it because they know it doesn't work very well for them. But the Wall Street Journal described the practice race-based preferential COVID treatment. Said so that's what it is. You get it based on race. In fact, in New York State, if you're white, you have to go to the back of the line to get medical help. Think of it. If you're white, you go right to the back of the line. This race-based medicine is not only anti-American, it's government tyranny in the truest sense of the word. The Supreme Court should intervene, shut down this flagrant civil rights violation immediately. Somebody has to get it to the court immediately. All right. Wow. So, so that's Donald talking to the crowd. And again, a strange response from those Arizonians. Arizonians? When it mm -hmm. comes to Donald talking about the vaccine. And I think this is going to be one of the most difficult political messaging jobs of his entire strange, short, yet meteoric political career that is right. Donald Trump's. This is going to be one of those where he has to have a fine line and a balance because, again, the one thing that he wants to tout that he can't is Operation Warp Speed because nobody seems to like it. Right. And it's or interesting in his base. Because he's also walking this tight line. It's almost like he's he's leaning into um, what works so well with the, the CRT, the critical race theory, mm. making white people afraid of reverse racism, even though, you know, it's it's all very smoke and mirrors and, and critical race theory has never even been taught in elementary schools. You just kind of dangle it out there like, oh, it could happen. And now Donald seems to be walking that weird line because it worked for Yunkin. You know, it worked in Virginia and you almost got to wonder that's kind of where he's going. He's trying to bring it into healthcare now, and then they keep it going in education and so on and so forth. But it's a weird tightrope yeah, for a is. big fat man to walk on. So apparently some of the logic behind the rules in New York, uh, evidently uh, Hispanic or Latino people die of COVID-19 at a rate of 2.1 times compared to white people and black or African-American people die at a rate of 1.9 times uh, white people. So I suppose that's that's twice th as that's much? the logic, right? Right. And obviously it's because of a financial situation. It's because of these people uh, where they tend to work, where the 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 do they have health care? So it's there's a lot of factors that play into it, but mm -hmm. it culminates as an expression of people that are Hispanic and non-whites tend to die twice as often. Right. And we'll see well, if uh, if the trust is there. Because um, I think that's been, again, the largest issue when it comes to the vaccine and vaccine mandates. People just straight up don't trust that what they're getting is going to be beneficial given history, given the history of certain groups in this country that, again, have been experimented upon. Right. So but as Fernando sense. pointed out, 
I mean, again, Trump's twisting the facts of of what the it actually is, right? They're inventing a problem, much like with CRT, right? Inventing a problem with this race based healthcare. It's not even a thing, as Fernando pointed out. It's for other reasons, economic factors, and so on and so on. So, it's just classic Trump. You just being Trump out there, you know? Yeah. Well, let's play a clip from the uh, from my friends, our friends, the Good Liars. So this is a clip. So they've been going out. They've been going and watching the rallies at the rallies for the Trump, for the, uh, you know, the the Trump. Is it the Reawaken Tour? I think it's called the Reawaken Tour. If it's Reawaken, then I don't know why you got Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, because his pillows make you sleepy. I guess so. So this is our, these are our friends, Jason and Devram, talking to a gal. This is outside the uh, Trump rally. And this is what she had to say. So again, remember... Who are the people that uh, Trump is catering to? <laughs> you know, let's just say they're fun. They are fun. <laughs> fun for sure. They are fun. Very kind way to put that. Yeah, I shoot food for a living all around the world. Did you know that the, the Nazis were living on Mars? Yep. Really, I did. Yeah. Okay, because I just heard that oh, right now. I'm telling you, yeah. The more you know, the more you know. Wait. So so how long have, how long have you known this? My mind is a little bit blown right now. Maybe a year. More people live in Pop Planet than other Right. I want to tell my family about this, but I'm afraid they're going to say I'm fucking crazy. They will. They say, you can't be saying that stuff. You're ruining Thanksgiving right. dinner. What I try and tell myself is, it's not crazy if it's true. Well, we're not crazy, right? No, we're so not crazy. There's nothing crazy about saying that Nazis live on Mars. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it is a good time. It and the fun. Nazis will live on Mars at some point because it's just a political ideology. So as soon as people start living on Mars, there'll be a Nazi up there at some point. <laughs> Can you explain it to me? I don't I don't understand. Uh, what is why? What is happening? Yeah, it probably gets to. I mean, you know, that's it's Nazis. What are they doing on Mars? They're having they're digging. They do digging. Um, probably, yeah, wait, were digging. they sent there or they get there? They they, they got there on purpose. I don't have there. a phone to there. call one of them. I don't know, Fernando, but I do understand why you're asking me those tough questions because I should know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Mm, I don't know. German heritage. I, do you, maybe have an maybe they, play, uh, they play soccer or cricket up there. Um, I mean, Bill Cooper always wrote that uh, Adolf Hitler escaped Germany in a flying saucer. And there, I think, is, you know, it's like the QAnon people are very good at taking one piece of one conspiracy theory and then cranking it up to, you know, 25 million. And then and Nazis then on Mars. Nazis on Mars. Nazis on Mars. How does Trump lose an election or win an election because of the Nazis? Well, you got to you got to register the Nazis to vote. Oh, and then they mm-hmm. can mail in. They can from ma- Mars. mail in ballots. Okay. It's a mail in ballot. <laughs> I'm so confused as to why this is happening at political yeah, because it's rallies. So stupid. Yeah. It's also dumb. You know, it's hard to keep track because everything is so dumb. And that's why, as I've said before, people are like, I don't get politics. I'm like, well, no, you probably do. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense because it's a bunch of people again chasing, chasing a way to get. The best way to get some money for themselves, and it oftentimes does not reflect the best policies for us. All right, well, let's move on and talk celebrity. John Kasich. Mm. Mm. Travis, John Kasich. Don't get me started. Jordan Klepper. Okay, so now Jordan Klepper and John Kasich 
They got a goddamn podcast together. <laughs> it's called Kasich and Klepper. Uh, oh. This is disgusting. What the uh. hell is going on here? And can you just remind our audience why John Kasich is such a schmuck? Oh, he's such a schmuck. I mean, good grief. He was governor of Ohio for eight years. Um, I, I have so many working professionals, Republicans, Democrats, independents, a man who worked in state government for 40 years that says the biggest asshole he's ever worked for in state government in 40 years was John Kasich. John Kasich is a bloviating blowhard who thinks he's pretty gosh darn special. He's not. Mm. The frustrations of 2016 for me was explained to everyone who's like, oh, John Kasich, he seems so normal. It's like, well, he seems normal next to Trump and Ted Cruz and Ben Carson. <laughs> right. But he's equally a monster. He hates workers' rights. He hates women's rights. He's done all the things. So for Jordan Klepper, for me, this is a this is a cardinal sin of a comedian to do, uh, to bring John Kasich on like this and actually have dialogue with him on a podcast like we do. I mean, we do this. We have fun. But we I have can't Imagine fun. anyone having fun with John Kasich because he's such an asshole. God. So I've begged all of our mutual friends with Jordan Clipper, Ed Larson, Nick Vatera for Jordan Clipper to bail. I think it is probably too late for him to do that. I don't so think all he cares. I can say, I think the only thing they can do now is, is take Ed Larson's suggestion and call the podcast Clipper Kasich and Kindness. KKK I was gonna and then say, it'll, work. it'll just work just fine. I was like, they're literally missing one K from two white guys being racist. <laughs> and then, now that's a fun podcast. Well, there you go. Um, well, according to Kasich, he says, you know, a lot of people are going to think this, uh, well, this is going to be about politics. No, it's not. It's going to be about life. Uh, <laughs> oh my I don't want to hear about life from John Kasich or Jordan Klepper. But anyway, I like... Man, for some reason, this story struck me as a sign of the horrible times. Yeah, yeah, the end times are near, for sure. It's time we all go to Mars. My favorite uh, quote of this is, they disagree with Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What the fuck did Grace say? (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with Grace every goddamn day. They disagree with Nancy Grace. (laughs) She's gone too far in HLN. I just don't know. It's, um, yeah, Jordan Klepper in the trailer, he says, the two are going to discuss their personal lives. And then Jordan Klepper said, I might ask for fatherly advice. Like, how do you raise your child? How do you raise a child who won't become a Republican? (laughs) Whoa, that's kind of raffle. Low raffle. Oh, LMAO. Oh, he went there. Oh, man. Uh, I can't believe how corny this is. Anyway, he's just trying to bridge the gap. It's a Comedy Central series. <laughs> this this is going to bring the, you know, just when you thought Comedy Central was losing the youth. <laughs> they bring you a 42-year-old and a 69-year-old. That's great. And they can talk about khaki pants. Oh. Good Lord. Celebrity politicians drive me freaking insane. Not that you can't be a celebrity and become a politician, mm. but like Rick Santorum, who's only Rock. a politician, and then he gets to be famous for it. And it's like, he's horrible. And right. now John Kasich, what if, what's he done to deserve any of this? He never he did anything. He turned Ohio red. Deep red. Bad red. It's like a crimson red. Blood red. All the blood in the streets. I like swing states. I love purple states. Anyway, so there's that. That'll be fun. 
Um, <laughs> no, it won't. Don't they'll listen stare at e- to it. They'll stare at each other. Let me be like, whoa, tell me more about that piece of legislation that you passed to get rid of third parties. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. And unions and teachers' rights and women's rights. I mean, don't even get me started. Well, we've, I'm already been started. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just go eat my Buckeye cake. All right. <laughs> Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today and speaking of politicians becoming celebrities or potential celebrities you guys see this video of democrat gary chambers mm-hmm. he was smoke he smoked a blunt he's a he's a louisiana senate candidate he has a new ad and i love the ad because he's sitting in a fancy chair outside <laughs> That's and, he's, cool. and he's smoking a big old blunt and he brings up some fantastic points about criminal justice reform, and that'll segue perfectly into our final conversation on voting rights, because, of course, those people who have felonies cannot vote. And mm-hmm. is that right or is that not right? We shall discuss it. But Gary Chambers, this ad, it's going viral, and I think we should give it a little bit of love because it hits on a sentiment near and dear to our heart. Let's play it. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. So if he does end up getting the nomination for the Democrats, he'd be going against John Kennedy. Uh, John Kennedy, he's a 70-year-old Republican. He is, uh, he's an old, he's a folksy fella. He says that he would rather, quote, drink weed killer than let his constituents Mm. down. I just watched him recently. He's got a lot of puns. He tells his little jokes (laughs) and things of that nature. Uh, But, of course, he is a fairly powerful senator um, Mm -hmm. out there in Louisiana. So it will not be easy. Um, But I think that ad is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it brings up a great point, a universal point, as 18 states have now legalized marijuana. What are we doing when it comes to having people incarcerated for doing something that others are making a good-ass living? To say the least. Absolutely. So Gary Chambers... Check out that ad and uh, yeah, check out his platform. I love to see people get involved 
in this wonderful democratic republic as we try to make it better. I really, uh, you know, uh, growing up in the 90s when I grew up with Bill Clinton saying that he, he what is it, put the joint to his mouth, but he did not inhale. Yeah, he didn't I, inhale. I, you know, I, did not, I did not inhale. Then Obama saying, I inhaled. That's the point. To now, yeah. you know, to now, Mr. Chambers literally smoking a blunt while saying, I'm running for U.S. Senate. Progress. I, yeah, I did. It, it really is. is progress. And uh, not just uh, not just on the back end. It's like on the front end. It's like people yeah. need to see that the person mar- smoking marijuana isn't like someone shooting a needle in their arm. It's, they're Absolutely. not the same thing. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And we do we we need to recognize progress when we see it. And hopefully, again, we can have all 50 states legalize marijuana and it could be legal at the federal level. That would be uh, fantastic. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about voting rights. Travis, I know this is obviously it's near and dear to all of our hearts. But what is going on when it comes to voting rights going forward? Is it uh, is there any chance that the Biden administration can get anything done? On this subject. Well, that's why it's such a fascinating topic after seeing the Gary Chambers ad, because you're right, Gary Chambers would be a fantastic senator. I wish he was a senator. That's how you got to do it. You got to be bold. You got to have a video that goes viral like that. And that's really what it comes down to is control of the Senate. As we've been kind of keeping things updated on this show, and obviously the battle is ongoing uh, as of now. The Democrats do not think they have the votes to pass the Voting Rights Act uh, that, or the, the voting rights bills that they're looking at. That includes the John Lewis Act as well. Um, and essentially what Schumer is going to do is the only thing he can do as majority leader, especially when he has two rogue senators, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, two Democrats who have said they won't support it and they won't right. support ending the filibuster uh, in order to pass the legislation. So Schumer's doing the only thing he can do at this point, and that is getting everyone to go on the record and basically get them on the floor to make speeches and debate and work out why don't you support this bill? And then uh, potentially what you got to think, Schumer, he's a wily old fox. Right. He knows that once you say something that could look bad to your constituents in terms of the basic fundamental part of our representative democracy voting uh, right. that, that could potentially be used against you in November. And so I think Schumer is playing the last hand that he can, and that's either going to be the last gasp of this effort, or they can renew it again after the 22 midterms. Kirsten Cinema, where do you think, how do you think this is going to affect her? Cause Kirsten Cinema is kind of feeling she has her foot in both parties, it seems, at this point. She's right. become a moderate Democrat in the relatively conservative state of Arizona, of course, promising to be a progressive. She has since uh, basically denounced you know, the progressive movement in this country. And now, of course, she is going to uh, be in the way of passing voting rights because she will not allow the filibuster to be eliminated, her and Manchin. Again, that's a large conversation. But if you're Kirsten Cinema politically, you're trying to maintain what the John McCain wing of the Republican Party, plus bring moderate Democrats and I guess not concern yourself with progressives or Trump Republicans and hope that that carves out a political base for you. 
Yes, that is exactly what her game plan is. I think we've highlighted on this show, she used to be a big progressive. She used to even be a Green Party advocate in Arizona earlier on in her career in the early 2000s. But guess who got her this seat? And and whose seat did it used to be? It was the maverick John McCain seat. Right. And so you saw Cindy McCain coming out big for Joe Biden. And I think also, you know, just being against Trump for whatever Trump hated John McCain for, Cindy McCain and the McCain family went all in on Democrats in 2020. And that includes cinema. And I think cinema knows where her bread is being buttered, especially when it comes to Arizona politics, because the McCains are kings. That's why cinema, remember on her first anti-progressive vote when she voted down on the $15 minimum mm-hmm, wage? What does mm-hmm. she do? She did it with the thumb, just like John McCain saved Obamacare by putting his thumb down. So mm. she's trying to do an homage. You're absolutely right. She's trying to do this dance that you just, if you're a Democrat or if you're a progressive, you're like, what the hell are you doing? But for her, you got to think this is what makes sense for her because she's going to get moderate Republicans like Cindy McCain to the support her again on the next go around. Yeah, she might get primaried. However, um, this is just from November of this is November 22nd, 2021. So it's a little bit older, but there was an Arizona public opinion pulse poll and it found that 72 percent of Democrats wanted a different Democrat than cinema. Well, only 26 percent say they preferred cinema. So it is possible that she could see some primary challenge And if that does happen, it seems as if she's not that well loved within the Democratic Party and seems like she could be very vulnerable. But that's the thing. Would Cindy McCain step in and tip the scales of the primary or would they even kind of pull a Lisa Murkowski like they did in Alaska and and pull Cinema and run her as an independent? If she has Cindy McCain and McCain family's blessing and their money behind her, she can stay in power as a senator from Arizona. I, I do believe that. But like you said, if the Democrats can muster up a good challenger and pull uh, pull out a primary victory, then where does Cindy McCain go? Does she yeah. go back to the Republican Party? Because if you got a Trumper running with the Republicans, then Cindy McCain is kind of like the rest of us in no man's land. And for whatever it's worth, Bernie Sanders has said that he may back some primary um, challengers against Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. So I think that there will be some challengers, but again, will they be able to deal with the machine that cinema has attached herself to? Uh, hence, her voting record, again, keeping it moderate to say the least. So for Biden, it continues to not look great. And uh, I don't know, Fernando? Uh, it isn't just cinema and mention, isn't it? Uh, other people like Kelly and stuff that are also kind of in the weeds waiting to also... Oh, Senator Mark, Senator Mark Kelly from Arizona um, just came around on the filibuster. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you're right. Um, there was an article from Politico saying that there were several other Democrats who weren't sure where they, they yeah, stood on, on the filibuster. Week, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, John Tester is also one of them. Um, but again, that's why I think Schumer's just going to be like, all right, well, then let's see where everyone stands. Let's get you on the record. And then let's see how this goes, which, again, is is probably the last card you can really play in the position that they're in yeah oh. all right well we'll keep you up to date on what's going on uh, with the legislation going forward i'll tell you one thing i think we all agree biden needs to get a w because as we mm. mentioned 37 percent of people believe he deserves an f 
for the first quarter of his presidency. That's according to a Politico slash morning consult poll. Um, only 11% of people gave Biden an A. 20% gave him a B. And nearly a third gave him a C or a D with 18%. C and 12% D. That's failing. Yeah, it's really bad. That's brutal. Well, Biden needs a W so he can survive all his Fs. Yeah, he really does. And all Americans should avoid listening to Klepper, Kasich, and Kindness, KKK. (laughs) Avoid it, people. Avoid it at all costs. Oh, Lord. All right, everyone. Well, don't avoid listening to this show. Thank you so much for your support. (laughs) We'll be back later on this week. We're going to discuss the metaverse and I believe my New Year's prediction. It might come true sooner than you think. Not Chuck Grassley being dead. He's still alive, but he's going to die this year. He's still alive. He is for now, but he's going to die this year. I promise. Um, But it looks like people are just groping. (laughs) Yeah. The metaverse is full of gropers. That's all it's for, Ben. (laughs) It's not all it's for. It's supposed to be. I don't know. Fernando might be two out of three already because we might also be going to war with Russia soon over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So what was maybe the other one you got right already? Uh, well, uh, well the, the metaverse. The metaverse. No, the, the metaverse was Ben. That's the, me. The metaverse oh, harassment oh, was Ben. Okay. All right. That's I got right. Well, marijuana legalization, the rock and Ukraine war. All right. right. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 